0: What happens when you excel at selling? How much craft work do you have to put into selling? What does it take to build your career all the way up to the top to market manager? Um, How about this question? What is it like for a powerful woman to encourage the success of many others? all these are good questions, we're going to take a little closer look in this episode of The Encouragers, The Radio Rally. at somebody who knows the answers to all these kinds of questions. Welcome to The Radio Rally. What you're about to hear will be focused on lifting you up, giving you good advice, hearing the stories of an amazing radio pro, and uncovering the path forward in radio right now. Today's event is being recorded and will be a podcast episode on our podcast called The Encouragers, the Radio Rally Podcast, and it, of course, will become available within about an hour of the end of this live event, wherever you get your podcast. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. Of course, my name is Lloyd Ford. I am a brand advisor or a branding advisor and consultant with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. Our clients know we approach things totally different from consultants of the past. We talk brand, we ask where your money comes from and where you want your money to come from or more money to come from. We help our clients with everything from uh, weekly music recommendations for music stations, station strategy revamps. We provide your daily music logs and amazing voice trackers if you need them. But our main purpose is to unplug the revenue dam and help you grow actual value. That's revenue. We do this with purposeful branding. Has something been getting in the way of your ratings and your revenue? We'd love to serve you and your team. Reach out anytime for a free and confidential consultation, FORD at rainmakerpathway.com. Listen, we have great guests and insights every single week that will help you grow, learn, and meet the challenges of your career in broadcasting in the 21st century. Please do share our podcast, The Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. Make sure your friends know that, you know, in radio, we have a a, this large archive of episodes, and we have fresh episodes every Monday, all about radio. All you have to do is subscribe on Apple, Audible, or Spotify. And of course, we'll have more details coming up in this event. Today, we're visiting with Elizabeth Hama. She is the Senior VP and Market Manager for Hubbard Radio in West Palm Beach. By the way, you can see our entire uh, upcoming guest calendar. We are scheduled, I think, into the middle of October right now. You can get those details in our free blog section at rainmakerpathway.com. We also have encouragement for on air and promotions at that location with our more than live and local guest series, and even more encouragement for local radio sellers with our encouraging sales success series as well as free resources for anyone in radio today. We don't lock away anything on our website the way other consultants do. That's because we actually are encouraging our own philosophy about the what value is. Ask me about it sometime, I'll be glad to share it with you. Of course, you can go to rainmakerpathway.com anytime, see what you can get for free from our team. The purpose of this podcast, is to encourage radio pros at all levels, not just clients. Quickly, let me share that we have two critical sales-focused podcast episodes coming in September. They're both designed to help local radio boost revenue. That's our goal. And you can share these with your friends in the sales department or within your company. First, September 14th, 2022, uh, for NASCAR stations and sports stations, pay attention, the NASCAR Race to Radio Revenues in 2023. We're going to have Bob Quick from uh, Motor Racing Network with us, Alec Drake from Drake Media Group in Dallas, and Ed Knight, who is with WECO Radio. We're we're all going to congregate together. Our focus is boosting revenue that you can generate from NASCAR, from sports on the radio. And then, of course, September 29th, you can join us along with Alec Drake from Dallas in and Dal, uh, Drake Media Group, along with Jim Fares, who is with Odyssey in Greensboro, North Carolina, and uh, Charlene Swinson who is from Cumulus Media in Dallas, as we take on something called Selling on Main Street. If you don't know about this, this is our quarterly sales podcast event focused only on helping radio sellers. So if you wanna boost your revenue, this is the right place for you. Both of these events are upcoming episodes available on the Encouragers the Radio Rally podcast on Apple, Audible, and Spotify. On the dates that we drop them, usually it happens in the evening. You'll know, you'll come along and you'll you'll get used to our episodes dropping pretty regularly. Elizabeth, welcome to the Encouragers the Radio Rally. How are you?
1: Good. Thank you, Lloyd, for having me on.
0: I'm so excited about this. Please tell us about your education and especially St. Francis University. What did you study back in the day?
1: So St. Francis is a small university in the middle of Pennsylvania near, like it's about a 30 minute drive from the large metropolis of Altoona, Pennsylvania. And I studied, um, I originally started with a degree in English literature. So. As you can imagine, I'm not really using my 18th century poetry very much these days. Um, we had uh, a wonderful teacher there. Uh, her name was Dr. Menes, and she saw that I had an interest in broadcasting. So I and, and journalism. So at the time, uh, she she encouraged me to look into that, and they did what was called a, a concentration, which I guess would be kind of like a minor at this point. And um in doing so, she said, you know, there's a great internship that's available at the TV station down in Altoona. It might be something you'd be interested in. So yeah. I grew up on that, my junior year of college, and I got an internship at WTAJ TV in Altoona. And that internship was one of the best experiences. I, I worked two weeks in each of the departments, and eventually at the end of the internship. I had made friends and felt like part of the, the team so much so that I took a job full time and I worked the three to 11 o'clock shift running camera. And eventually I ran uh chroma key at the time. And before you knew it, I was a full time uh, um, union card holding employee in television. And I, I went to school full time during the day and worked the three to 11 shift at night. And it's so, it's um, so interesting. Yeah, for, for the next year, I ended up getting an apartment in town and going up to school to finish off, but I was a full-time person in television my senior year of college. No, wait a minute. Through, an inter- through a wonderful internship and encouragement by a wonderful woman.
0: Okay, now wait. So uh, first, you've done something very interesting for us. We're the encouragers on this podcast. That is, is actually what we call ourselves. And we feel like everybody in radio needs encouragement right now. But you've identified one of the things that's really important to us, which is early adaption of a mentor type.
1: Yes. Yep. So Donna Menace, her name was Donna Menace. I I believe she's still there. Um, And she was very encouraging that the school really couldn't provide the the training that I, I felt myself wanting to be a part of but she found a way for me to, um, to get that training through an internship and eventually a job. I ended you know, up I- staying on there through through senior year and I, I ended up going back to my home of Long Island, um, but not I stayed on after about six months and then for personal and family reasons, I said, well, I'm going to go back to New York and, and give it a try there. Um, but, but that was the first time that you know, I had stepped foot in, in any kind of a broadcast facility and here I was employed as a you know, 20-year-old.
0: 24%. Well, listen. This brings up this brings up a lot of questions, I, and I have planned questions for you. But now I'm going to change it a little bit. There's so many. It's like, okay, now we know you're from New York. Now we know that you know you are part of probably part of the How to Win Friends and Influence People group, yeah. right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, because you did that right inside the television station. And frankly, with your mentor, if you will, that kind of set you off in this direction. Mm-hmm. But but look, did you have a strong feeling of what you wanted to do for work back then? And specifically, I'm going to alter this question to say this. When you started getting inside the television station, did you start to have, a, were you start were you drawn to anything?
1: Oh, I I loved the I loved it. I mean, I walked in there and I was like, I'm I'm meant to be in this field somehow. Now, so my family is a um, uh, were users of radio P1s, heavy duty P1s of WOR in New York. Oh, nice. Uh, Okay, it was as if there was no other radio station in New York other than WOR. And my family. I felt part of Rambling with Gambling's family from the time I could speak until the time I moved from Long Island. And we knew everything that John Gambling and his family was doing and what kid was having, which child. And uh, we that was the only station that was allowed on in a car or um, in in the home, in our home. Uh, we listened with to, I remember laying in the car, driving back from an aunt's house in Queens, listening to Mystery Theater on WOR. And at that, I, I have written this other times where I think about the influencers we have today and the influencers we had, and this is the 1960s, I hate to say, uh, that we had men <laughs> with that that morning show that led to other shows that were on all day long, but that was the only station that was on. And and so here all of a sudden I I go back from um to Long Island and I have a twin brother and my twin brother says to me, um, well, my girlfriend's father has something to do with radio if you want to meet him. And I'm like, OK, I'll go to lunch with your girlfriend's father. Well, it turns out the father was Warner Rush, who at the time was the president of Major Market Radio. And so, <laughs> so I went to lunch with Warner and I left lunch as a, as a secretary for two salespeople at, at Major Market Radio in New York. And so that began my my radio career.
0: That's so interesting to me that we have you in two jobs where you could have just been drawn right up into the sales department. And now we're starting to see that you're making your way into a sales department, right?
1: Well, it turns out it was, it was, you know, as for me, it ended up being promotions. That was my real love. And, interesting. Um, and that, you know, when I moved up to Syracuse after I did a couple of years in, in, At major market radio, and they gave me wonderful opportunities to try some different things. I remember I wrote a newsletter for the company, and so on. And again, more good people that you're surrounded around. Warner Rush, um, Arnie Levy, John Lynch, who eventually went to um, to Miami. Uh, There were great people there, and um, that led to the next job, which was Syracuse, New York. And I, you know, Uh, let's don't
0: let's don't get ahead because that's on my list.
1: Okay. So, you That's know. on my
0: list. And I, I just will say this to you: I one of my theories, and if you hang out with me a, a long time, Elizabeth, you'll learn I have lots of theories I share with people. Uh, one of them is that no one can really accomplish anything on their own. Mm-hmm. We accomplish things in teams. People work Absolutely. together to make things happen. So, listen, you're really well known for being a, a really strong part of West Palm Beach uh, right now, and and in Florida in general, but. That's not always been the case. As you just pointed out yourself, you spent 12 years as the general sales manager at uh, WSYR Y94. I'm sorry. I always want to say to you, since I'm getting to know you a little bit, were you born as a GSM or did what happened there? Were you always good at sales?
1: No, this is a great story. I, um, more mentors, right? So I, go up to Syracuse, New York. I I, I, I interviewed for a position um, in Syracuse, and I remember being taken out to lunch. i fly up to Syracuse, and it was for Promotions Director at WSYR. And the the team, illustrious names that were at the table. And um, I, I, I end up getting the job, and I'm I, literally, I go home and I say to my family, I'm moving up to Syracuse. I don't personally Know exactly where Syracuse is because if you're from Long Island, that's upstate, and you just know it's yes. upstate when you're growing up, you know. So, um, I ended up taking that job as a promotions director, and um, I stayed a promotions director. And By the way, do you know who I had just left? Um, there, was, there were numbers and numbers of people, but Bob Neal was ah. uh, had been the uh, program director at Y94 when I was there. Nice. And so, and it was originally the group was owned by cats and we went through the employee buyout and became what was then new city communications. That's right. And I did not know at the time what a very special group that was. No kidding. And I remember I, I went to, you know, Steve Mark's first training session and Jerry Tavio teaching us on brainstorming um, the wonderful, wonderful Training and the CSS Center for Sales Strategy um, environment that I only knew as the way I didn't know anything other than what I was being taught there. And it was um, another college education, literally for a promotions director and then eventually going into sales to be exposed Mm -hmm. to the kind of concepts and training that that group did. And so, you know, I went there as a promotions director and I left as the GSM.
0: Whoa! whoa. How'd you manage that, please?
1: Well, so I did promotions for a couple of years, and then the the good, the fun story is uh, I remember um, a salesperson. Her name was Kathy Kelly, and Kathy Kelly came in and said she needed a promotion for the apple growers of uh, of Western New York. And so I came. We came up with all these ideas. There were, you know, ideas that I had worked through, and she went out and sold that. And I remember thinking to myself, I mean, she's probably going to make some good money on those ideas, right? Maybe I, maybe I could do that but I grew up in a, in an environment that was, you know, my, my parents were educators. So sales wasn't anything that I ever thought about or been exposed to. Both my parents were school teachers. And um, so I walked away from that and, and a wonderful, again, wonderful, wonderful person in the industry, Joel Delmonico said, you know, you really should think about sales. I'm like sales, huh? So (laughs) eventually I said, I I, I guess I'll give it a try. So I went in and I I had my first week and I, I, he took me to lunch and i cried i said what did i do this for
0: oh my
1: <laughs> it was just you know and then eventually you learn that it's about it's not about sales it's 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 about solving your customers marketing challenges and being a part of their marketing strategy and their marketing team yes and when you get that understanding and you again you're in an environment where that's just expected that's the work that you do you've never you know, you don't know what an avail is, you don't know that agencies even exist, you just know that what you do is you prospect for problems and you prospect for opportunities, and as you do that, you find people who you can help, and much like education, you're helping people, and once you see it in, you know, through that lens, um, sales becomes a different challenge.
0: It does. And I love that you've shown up here. I mean, I talk about this all the time, what you just said in a more eloquent way than I ever do, of course, Um, which is that you've had the experience. And so it's so great to hear you use those words like that. Listen, from there, you went to Detroit, W4 and WDFN. Tell us about being the director of sales in Detroit.
1: Well, so when I was in Syracuse, I remember thinking to myself, like, okay, so we're doing a pretty good job here. Like, how do we feel like, can, can you do the same kind of work in a big market? And there was always that intimidation factor that, you know, if you work in a top 10 market, they must do something different than what we did in market 63.
0: And right.
1: so, you know, i got kind of uh, that that itch to say, maybe I could do this in a bigger place. And and so I, when, I, when the opportunity presented itself and it was at the time we were evergreen media and I, and I had a very uh, a good person there too um, that I worked for and, and we ended up going through a bunch of, of ownership changes but Peter Connolly was my general manager there. And um, what I learned through that experience was that it's the same challenge whether you mm. work in market 200, market 63 or market three you're still looking for ways to help customers, and yes, and yeah, the, there's more zeros on the on the dollars and on the, the the orders than there are in some other markets. But the greatest salespeople, in my opinion, understand that you are an extension of a marketing team, and if you can bring good ideas and help solve problems, you will be successful.
0: My favorite part of this whole business: ideas, yeah. ideas, ideas. ideas. ideas.
1: It really so, is. It's so
0: much about so, ideas. So listen, you made a really interesting move to Cox in August of 2000. Now, my my first question for you here is, <clears throat> does that seem like a long time ago now? Or does it seem like that was five minutes ago? Uh,
1: that seems like a hundred years ago.
0: <laughs> hundred years ago. It really okay. does.
1: And I wasn't there very long, you know. Um, Louisville was a is a wonderful place um and when I got the the knock to be able to to go you know, come here to Florida and work for Mike Futchell, um it was it, it became like how, how can you miss that opportunity and um so off off you know now I'm in tow with you know two kids and and so on uh but it it, it was the right move at the right time and um you know, being part of Florida, I always say I'm with my people. It's like the FB, another borough of Manhattan here, so of, of New York. So um, I certainly fit well when I when I go places and I'm like, oh, where'd you grow up? And I say, oh, I grew up in Seaford. And they say, oh, I understand where when you say, where did you grow up in Louisville? And I say well, Long Island, they look at you like, where is that? And what? Tell me about that. So this has been a, a wonderful place for us for the last 20 years.
0: So you're in New York South is what you mean.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So listen, of the different sales management jobs that you've had, did you find them to be different or did you find them to be the same? You sort of said big market, smaller market, same, but what about these different roles? Cause you know, director of sales, so I mean, you've had different roles.
1: You know, it's it still comes down to the same thing. It's about your people and your team and and finding great talent. I mean it, if you're a good recruiter and you can find the right people um, and by the way, that's gotten, you know, harder over the years oh. still, it's still, you know, I, in my opinion, the most important part of it is, is the team and yes. you get those right people. Um, and, you know, you can really create some great things in the time I've been here. Listen, we've been through, as you can probably tell, we've been through a lot. We've been through a lot of ownership changes Um mm-hmm. It's it has it has been um, needless to say, when you've done that five times in one market, um, it's a lot on any team. And 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 so we're very fortunate that, you know, as it ends up, we as I said to my team, when we were purchased by Hubbard, we won the lottery. And, um, you know, that's held true for the last um, three and a half years.
0: Well, listen, uh, I I am going to ask a couple of questions. One, I'm going to ask, are you are you good at recruiting? You must be really good at that.
1: I think I'm a pretty good recruiter, but you know, I mean, that's by my, my own perspective. I think you're recruiting all the time.
0: And well, and and look, and and where do you recruit today for sellers, okay? Because I have a lot of conversation with this with radio about, you know, you can't really recruit people anymore, you know. Nobody wants to sell or nobody wants to sell radio or, you know, and of course I I can hardly hear these things because if we're going to stay in business, we got to recruit. We
1: do. I, I will tell you, it's not. It's definitely it's harder um, than it has been in the past. It, you know, uh, it, no doubt that you post a job these days, and you don't get people that are knocking your door down to come to work for you. Right. In in, in every job, by the way, it's not just the sales. Postings that we put up—it's—it's it's across the board. Um, you know, uh, we are fortunate that, in my opinion, Hubbard has wonderful attributes, especially well known in programming. So I think that makes that—it's um, very helpful to have that. You know, in a sales environment, it's you're not as known because you're recruiting from—you know—you could be recruiting from a carpet company, a not-for-profit, or you know, a TV station or a a digital agency, so um you don't have that advantage that we do in programming. um But there's, it's about outreach, and right. you can't. When I just, I have not experienced in a very long time anybody knocking on my door saying, "Can I please come to work for your organization in sales?" You just, you have to you have to do the work.
0: Well, it's interesting. You know, I I talked to the guys at WTOP in washington and they said something it was a different subject but you'll you'll relate to this maybe you know they have such a great radio station up there that's so well known in that community and yet both of those guys said to me they said nobody cares that we're from wtop they want us to solve problems that's what they want same with recruitment right they don't care where you are they want to know what is the what what is the benefit here right but but listen, Elizabeth, I always say this to clients and to others, the future is always more challenging than the past because the future is unknown. Why should it ever be like the past? It's never going to be like what you already have become experienced at. How long does it take to become a really skilled sales manager, in your opinion?
1: A really good uh, skilled sales manager. Um man, I think it's an art that you're always improving on. I don't know that you could put a timeline on something like that. I think it depends on the situation, the person. I think, you know, we earn our stripes when we have challenges. And, um, Mm. and so I've watched careers that have not experienced some things and others that have gone through so much in a short amount of time. And, Mm. you know, so I do think, you know, when we're challenged, we really learn and, And it's, people don't always love change, but change makes us strong too. You've got to go through experiences to get to the other side and you learn from those experiences. And while you're in the middle of them, they feel hard and big and, and scary. But as you go through the steps of change and you say, this is just part of what I'm going to learn from this, then, you know, it makes you stronger.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Did you ever have a desire to be on air? No,
1: never, ever, ever.
0: No, not one time. (laughs) Wow.
1: That was, as a matter of fact, if I hear my voice, even from this, I'll be like, oh, God, that's
0: awful. Well, <laughs> listen, give, here,
1: give that to the people that are good storytellers. Here's a
0: here's a great quote about you. Quote, we have worked together for 11 years now, and I am motivated to come to work each and every day because of her, unquote. Is that a big part of what you do at work? You motivate people.
1: Um, you know, I, I, I hope I'm a piece of that, but I think that people bring motivation to the table into it, you know, in themselves. And I think we just, our job is to try to create a good environment and, and keep the team focused and happy and feel like they're purposeful in their roles. And if we do that, you know, I, I I believe that that helps motivation, but I think if you don't hire somebody with motivation, you're never going to motivate them.
0: That's so, right. And 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 you, look, you to have be-
1: to begin with. Like you can you can help it along, but you can't make a non motivated person motivated.
0: That's right. I am glad that you used the word purposeful because people who feel like they have a purpose when they go to work, it that's a bigger deal than most people know. Listen, do you find radio to be fun today?
1: I do. I think, but you, we're making it fun. I mean, we still have great successes. We still, we bring so much to the table. We change lives still. And what our brands do in the community is absolutely amazing. What what our talent does for people is absolutely amazing. And what our salespeople do for customers is absolutely amazing. I, mm. Those results to me, that is really fun and and really special. Um, there's Are there days that are more challenging than others? Oh, certainly. But again, you got to take the good with the bad. And, and, you know, if everybody does their part to keep their team um, having fun, it becomes fun. But I do think we have to make sure that we don't lose sight of that. I mean, you know, I think that there's a lot of challenges out there. I think particularly I hear it in the sales department where, you know, they're they quote get beaten up out there enough and then they sure. come in and they don't need to feel that internally and i think there are times where we have to do a better job of you know breaking down the barriers between teams and making sure that we're focusing and just making it fun like let's let's get away from it all and have some fun together and well, try to do that in our environment.
0: Well, let's talk about that. As, as the market manager in West Palm Beach for Hubbard, do you actively try to make radio fun? And maybe you can give us an example of, of that, if that's true.
1: Make radio itself fun or make going to work fun? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. I think that we try to do both. I think, you know, programming um, makes radio fun for listeners. Um, and they work on that all the time. They're contesting the way they position the brands, the, the imaging, you know, not taking things too seriously. And COVID was a great example. Like we looked at ourselves during the midst of COVID and said, we have to be the place where people can get away from that. And, and I share with our team and, you know, we talk about hurricanes and so on. You know, we're entertainers at the end of the day. Right. Um, we don't have a news department of. You know, we're not WTOP where they are they are a news department. We're not a, a, a television station. You know, we are, at the end of the day, we're entertainers. And we're enhancing people's lives by making their world feel better in that moment.
0: Here's what's interesting. You and I just spent all this time talking about fun, but I'm going to take a kind of a, a turn on you here. I love this about you. You were a board member of the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's South Florida chapter from 2017 till 2021. How did you get involved in that, Elizabeth? Well,
1: I do a lot of community work. So, um, you know, that one board, um, I actually had a team member who came in one day and said, could we help the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society do and fill in the blank, whatever it was. And I was like, of course we can. And that led to a relationship that is still going on with uh, this particular person. And that person said, eventually tapped me on the back of the shoulder, would you get involved? And I'm like, then you hear stories about the, the things that that organization does for people. And by the way, one of the coolest things about lymphoma uh, leukemia lymphoma society is that they're actually finding cures. Like it's pretty amazing the work. And when you raise money for an organization, it, they're making a huge difference. So, yes. but but I've been involved with um, Palm Beach State College. I've been on their foundation board for almost two decades, and you know that one for me is another one that it's about education and 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 providing scholarships to um, students and people in our area who might otherwise not be able to have an education. And I'm I've been on the the Coleman board for a long time and. Um, there's others. I'm, I'm involved with exec women, a few others, but, um, you know, so this makes
0: I, me want to say you're on the right company, aren't you, Elizabeth? <laughs>
1: yeah. I, and I love doing all of that. You know, you have to be willing to give. And by the way, I'm also at a point, you know, my children are grown and my grandchildren are good with me not being there during the week. So, you know, I love giving back. And, and, and I love that as I say to people, I get to do this as part of my job. Other people do it truly as volunteer, but we get to do this during the day and, and we get to bring our brands into it and be part of a community. Like that's pretty, pretty amazing that this is not just something you can do, but is expected of us as, as broadcasters.
0: Well, and I want to, I want to put my nose where it doesn't belong for a minute and just say to you that I am the parent of a child who is now an adult. Who is a leukemia survivor? Oh, that's so I always tell people, because I'm involved with radio in so many different places, you know, look, if nobody's ever said thank you, please let me tell you as a parent of a child that his life was saved. Thank you. And I would say the same thing to you. I mean, this was noticeable to me. When I looked at information about you, I could see this. It was very, very important that I bring that up. I do want to ask you again about mentoring people. This is a little bit different because this is going to be more immediate and now. Do you have a mentor today? Uh, If so, could you share a story about how they may have changed your life personally or professionally? I
1: have a lot of people that I would say are on my personal board of directors. Nice. And those people um, challenge me. The, the people who are on that board that, that really make a difference for me, challenge me, make me think about things. Um, I go to different people for different ch- things that I'm up against or want to talk through or work through. Um, You know, they're they're different than a mentor used to be where you were working your way through, but they're the same in that those are the people that you can rely on for honesty and for um, development and saying to you things that maybe other people might not. And so that personal board of directors for me includes some family, but also people in the industry and uh, some people in this current company.
0: Right. Well, it was so interesting having a powerful woman in a powerful position in our industry talk about having her own board of directors. It shows, I mean, some of the smartest people I know have used that phrasing and it's not accidental. So it's always very good to hear these kinds of things for other people. That's why we do the podcast. Uh We're encouraging radio pros at all levels. Get your board of directors because you can have one. Now, How do you think the job of market manager has changed? You've been doing this for a while. How's it changed?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting because I've done it for numbers of different companies here in Palm Beach. So um, each of those companies was a little bit different and their challenges were different. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, I I think the job itself is still the same. Recruit great people um, and then get out of their way. Um, and sometimes we we stumble on that some days, I think, and some days we do a great job of it. Um, but I think the job is, is essentially it's still the same. And if we can keep that as our focus and our focal point and say it is still the same job, there might feel like there's distractions from it and things that keep pulling us away that can make it feel like it's different. Um, but it's not. It's still the same job. You still have to you know, bring together a team, create really great products, and then use your products to solve the challenges of the advertising community.
0: I'm going to ask you this because I'm compelled to do so. Do you try to make things really simple for your team? Is that always in your DNA? Um, I, I hear it in your gosh, language.
1: I, well, it's funny. I don't, I don't know that I've ever thought about that. Yeah, <laughs> I do think we got to keep it simple. I mean, we do need to keep it simple. Why, right? why complicate it? Yeah, right. For great products. If You you have to create a great product. And, um, you know, again, fortunately, Hubbard is so in line with that and, and appreciative when we do have great products. And, you know, we have great programmers and we have really great on air talent and we have good sales leadership. So, um, you know, we're fortunate.
0: Oh, Elizabeth, I know people in your cluster. I know people who work for you. And I'm going to tell you, you've got some really good people. Uh, I have I know... uh,
1: three of the best programmers in the country.
0: <laughs> man, oh, man. All right. So listen, if the, uh, this is a really tough question. I, I, matter of fact, I'm reading this and it's intimidating me and I, I'm just get to ask the question. Um, if there's one thing that makes the job of market manager tougher these days, what is that?
1: Um, I think it's recruitment. Um, the recruitment process is, is harder and longer and takes more out of the existing team to end up with good candidates.
0: Where do you recruit from today for sellers?
1: We just hired our, the, la- a seller who started with us about a month ago and she came from a not-for-profit. Um, really? and so, yeah, so, and that was interesting. Um you know, again, it's networking on networking on networking to get to figure out again, people are not going to knock our door down and say, Hey, please look at me. There's a lot of, a lot of competition, um, out there for any job. And, you know, we talk about it a lot, um, within the company as well. Like, how do we become the go-to destination for for people? And there's, there's just a lot of competition, um, you know, that, and, and we talk about you know is it a work from home environment and you've got companies I, I read a recent posting for um, another radio company that was offering you know unlimited time off and unlimited PTO and you know salaries are higher and you know just trying to stay in touch with all of those pieces while
0: right
1: and and by the way retention you know so oh,
0: very important yeah. right
1: yep so. You know, I think those jobs are harder than they probably used to be, but
0: critical. Do you see people as opportunity?
1: Yeah, uh, I think when you're out and about, people are opportunity, and you know, you're connecting their job connects to yours somehow.
0: Yeah, and and look, are you good at spotting the diamonds in the rough and the you know you? I mean. Look, you know that you can go past somebody. Sometimes you go, oh, wait, there's more value here than is on the surface. Are you good at that?
1: You know, you win some, you lose some. I've hired people that I thought were going to be fantastic. It doesn't always turn out that way. Honestly, I've hired people both ways. So, um, you know, I think you got to be willing to take a risk. And somebody took a risk on me one day and, you know you do the same for others and then you do the best you can to help them grow and to, to provide the right environment. You know, again, I think we try to hit home runs and um, you do them as often as you can, but you know, it's all that piece. It's still comes down to people.
0: Oh, we're talking about people with Elizabeth Hama. And listen, you just said something interesting. 39 minutes in, you use the word risk. I think that one of the challenges in our overall industry is the reduction of and the move away from risk and the, the, the stagnant. Uh, feeling of status quo in our business that gets in our way a lot. Listen, a lot of people hold Hubbard and you know this in really high respect and for really good reasons. Why do you think Hubbard gets so much industry respect?
1: Well, I think that they are they they do what they say they will do and they respect their employees. And um, they they believe that the product is important. I think that there are probably companies. Again, I'm working for the best of the best, so I'm so blessed and so fortunate. Um, But you know, I, I you can see not everybody has people on the air in their in their market. Right. And as
0: as crazy as that sounds, yes, correct.
1: You know, and it just starts right there with just saying like we're going to invest in our products and that's important and the expectation of market managers program directors is to create compelling radio and that hasn't changed the market manager position is still to create compelling radio but now you're doing it for a company that has an expectation of you as the manager to do so Mm. um and when 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 it's from within the company, it's the core value of the company is the product and protecting the product and making it great. That emulates to everything else that you
0: we do. Well, and again, you have great purpose.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Out. Great purpose at work on a team traveling toward a goal. Okay. So you, listen, you know, I don't want to get in trouble. You know, I am in the market manager's office right now. <laughs> so I need to be careful. Who makes a great radio seller in 2022?
1: Um, it's still the people who can it, like it's. It's getting your customers to open up and to to ask the right questions to um, conduct a really thorough. I mean, we call it a CNA, call it whatever you want, a uh, needs analysis, but to 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 have the right questions. That will get you the information that helps you be able to then put together a customized and, in, in today's day, integrated campaign. So, understanding what? how to use the tools that you have in your toolbox to build the campaign individually by customer. But that comes down to being able to ask the right questions, and that comes down to being able to get people to talk to you.
0: You know, I, uh, I, I read a lot and I read this really interesting thing about Meryl Streep and the interesting comment about her was a quote from her and she is asked about what a great actress she is and she said that's you know that's not really true and I, w- I was puzzled when I read that you know because she's pretty much thought of as it's like one of the great standards right right but that's not what she said she said what i am is a reactor
1: right right
0: i i listen more than i talk and i think there's a great correlation between what meryl streep said about being a great actress and in our business being a great seller it's not the not the mouthy talkers right it's the listeners
1: yes and I agree with that completely.
0: Okay. So listen, 2023 is coming. Oh my God, you can see it right now. We're rounding for home, right? Um, I I talk about the limitlessness of radio all the time and people look at me in some puzzling way or whatever, because I say that once you have a radio station, you get anything else that you want. Okay. Are we a digital business In
1: 2023, um, are we a digital business in 2023? I mean, yeah, you know, we're a digital business in 2022.
0: Thank you very much. So, (laughs) so so certainly 2023, we're also a digital business, right? correct, Correct.
1: Now, determining how to evolve is the challenge at hand,
0: right? Evolve, sell profit and correct. create those win-wins right correct correct
1: and okay. so we're being consumed differently than we ever were and understanding that and you know understanding how to make that great radio in different environments and you know again it still comes down to content um but we are a digital company
0: that's right. And, and, to
1: and evolve I evolve into even more of a digital company. And, you know, each challenge, each day comes with new information. And I think we're all learning.
0: Well, and I think when it comes to digital business, that we all like to throw that word around. I think uh, a word that I try to preach for my soapbox is profit, profit, profit. That's the that's the part of the business that has to evolve correctly for us, right?
1: Um, what, profit, profit, sure exactly.
0: profit margin. In other words, not just digital business, but making sure that the profit looks correct for us.
1: I, I think that we're, you know, I think again, to making it simple, like salespeople, you point them in the right direction, and if we're we're not out there pitching. A product. Right. You know, so if we begin that, I think that's, I, I, I don't see that as our direction. I don't think we should be like, well, now we're pitching this. Like, we're, we have, again, tools to use to solve problems and, and we have to customize that solution each time. You know, in our world, we do have the benefit of having, you know, people that will help the salespeople understand those products. Cause it's a lot, by the way. We have seven radio stations here. As well as our digital ad agency, um, 2060 Digital. So there's uh-huh. a lot to keep track of, and um, you know, understanding which tactic um, and which you know tool we take out of the toolbox is it you know if it's SEO or an endorsement campaign or a combination of both. It's still building that campaign that's right for that customer.
0: I love that twice you've taken me to school about this idea of being solution-based. And I mean, I mean that sincerely. I love it when people come on this podcast and they drill down on ideas like this. It is about keeping it simple and keeping it focused on the prize, which is really helping the client, right?
1: Right. Well, then again, back to, I remember going through CSS training back in the day, the three R's, results, renewals, and referrals. That was that was probably in the 80s. But, um, you know, that's that's what it was. And that hasn't changed. Get results, get renewals and get a referral.
0: (laughs) I have a uh, behavioral mathematician who is 73 years old. He is my mentor today. And he says that man makes no progress. We get new computers. We get new smartphones. Oh, they're so awesome. You know, this one folds and that one does this and the camera's better on that. But man makes no progress which really what he's trying to say is you have to get to the humanity of people and reach them on their level. And that's what you are trying to do with your sellers for sure. Right?
1: Yes. And, and listen, I have a wonderful director of sales who, um, is works through all of this on a daily basis with each of the AEs and their customers, and Right, very hands-on and very involved and, And, you know, the team respects him and what he brings to the table. He's part of the solution.
0: Tell us about your stations for a minute, because I don't I I think it would be cool to just hear what you oversee there so that people understand that completely without even looking you up, which, of course, they can do also.
1: So we have uh, seven brands. We have um, 97.9 WRMF, which is um, a hot AC station, KVJ in the morning. It's a great big morning show, 100,000-watt station um, that has been a very successful station for a very long time. Um, And it is uh, a wonderful, well-known brand in the area and, uh, again, wonderful talent leading it. We have um, uh, Sunny 1079, which is a classic hit station, also another big brand in town. The Sunny brand has been part of the West Palm Beach landscape for Before my time. And uh, we have uh, Jennifer Ross, who's been in the market and and Bill Adams is the morning show there. And um, they do a fantastic job. They they multitask, by the way. They do mornings also on our our news talk station, uh, 850 WFTL. Uh, So they they actually track mornings the morning of before they do the live show on the AM station.
0: Those Um, people are making me crazy, by the way, just by what you just said.
1: (laughs) They're terrific. And Jen and yeah. together have great chemistry and they're smart and they they bring, you know, great storytelling to the table. Um, we're very fortunate to have both of them on the team. And yes. then we have um uh New Country 103.1, which is the exclusive country station in the market. we have great talent there as well in mornings. Um Tim and Chelsea are just a great team. They've been together now for three years, and they uh the station was Prior to um, uh, it being new country, it was um, positioned differently in the market. And over the last three years, it's become a really special, growing, um, vibrant brand. And mm-hmm. that's because, again, of the people. And, and it's, it's, it's a really cool country station with great talent in, by the way, live all day. So, you know, mornings, middays with with Mariah, afternoons with Nick. I mean, it's it's a it's a big station. And then we have the exclusive Urban AC station, X1023, which we just brought back Mark, um, Mark McRae, who is programming that radio station. And we've got Steve Harvey in the morning, and then we've got a, a live show with May Simone in middays, and we've got afternoons. Mark's gonna is taking on afternoons, and it's 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 a really special, very involved format um, in the community and it's it's won um, several awards for the work that the team does. It's a really great product. And it's funny when I came when we took over the, the CBS cluster it was X1023, it was a hip-hop station and we over time evolved it into the urban AC. And it's it's one of those great success stories um, as we've watched it evolve from one kind of a product to another. Um, and so Mark leading that, it's, it's our, it's our second billing station. It, it does, just does a, a fantastic job and the community loves it. It means a lot to the community. We're at everything there can be for the African-American community. And, and we try really hard to make sure that we're in touch with, um, with being a part of that audience in their life.
0: Um, I've got to tell you, I feel like urban, uh, anybody who's not in urban radio, if you study, if you just if you just spend time with one of these great uh, urban ACs or 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 any urban station that's that's leading in their market, you will come to understand what community involvement is about.
1: Oh, completely agree with that. Completely mm-hmm. agree. Yep. Um, and then we have um, uh, a sports brand, so we're a Fox Sports on on the AM dial at six forty. And we do have a local talent on that station as well, um, Andy Slater. And then I um, can't forget our our party, uh, which is on a translator. It's on um, RMFHD and on a translator. And that station has uh, is just does it's the little engine that could. It it just continues to thrive and do well with uh, a small reach and a very concentrated audience. And uh, we've got uh, Brooke and Jeffrey on in the in the mornings, and the station just. It, it always surprises me when I see it show up and do as well as it does in the ratings. So uh, a good little success story that Randy manages that station as well as RMF.
0: So come to West Palm beach and Hubbard's got you covered, right?
1: We have you covered. We've, we've yeah. got, we're good. We've got a full spectrum of stations and um you know, we're very blessed to that. You know, it's, a, it's a really wonderful problem to have when you have four FM brands, all of them doing well.
0: Yes. Now look here, we've talked about, uh, the role of market manager. We talked about your ascension into this role through some very hard work, first in in promotions, and before that in in other things that we didn't even think were a part of your life. Like you're a card carrying union person <laughs> with that, that that's doing camera work. Oh my god! And and then of course we talked about recruitment. We talked about recruiting salespeople. We talked about the the Uh, great people in your programming department and of course the company. And then we talked about your great brands and we're so fortunate to get this time with you. You even slipped in several times to talk about mentors and we talked about keeping it simple, you know, which I often think that one of the greatest things that we can all do as managers is to simplify and streamline problems for our employees to make their lives easier so they can reach higher but now I'm going to ask you the really hard question so uh are you ready
1: um okay
0: <laughs> all right so here it is uh we know and and we do this if not every episode pretty close to every episode because everybody's so fascinated with this question. Okay. But I'm going to give you the easy out first before I make it hard on you. Uh, nobody knows the future. We know this. If you think, you know, the future, I'm going to get as far away from you as I can get. Cause I know you don't know the future because I don't know the future and I don't know anybody who does, but what are your thoughts about the future of radio Elizabeth? I
1: think radio it's still brilliant. And mm-hmm. I, I just shared a note with the team about our endorsements and we do a, a really big portion about uh, close to 20% of our, of our revenue is, it comes from endorsements and I think that can grow. And yes. I think that, um, the future of radio is, and I will tell you a chat, I get, I get on my soapbox when people say radio isn't, um, They're not risk takers and they're not innovative. And listen, Mm. one of the challenges is we have to be innovative, you know, in the quarter hours. Yes. Right. So that that is always going to be a challenge. Nielsen is our is our currency. I get it. But one of the challenges is you still have to play in the the game. And so finding the balance between the game and great brand, um, is I believe what we're figuring out. And when I look at our talent, and I know that those the, the people that I just re- went through a litany of, of talent who can can really take our brands to the next level. I think that's really important. And I think that radio has to be a destination for people. And I think that our talent and good content makes us a destination and we have to keep that in mind. I, I do believe, you know, music is harder to, you can get music on many streaming platforms, but you can't get to KBJ show anywhere else. That's right. And that's right. so, you know, I believe that that's all part of it. And, and I think it's right. I think we're going to be challenged. I think that, you know, the points that are there and the pump levels and we face all that, but I think that we, if we can continue to control what we can control, I can't control pump levels. I can't control whether or not a cost per thousand or a cost per point is whatever it's going to be, but we can develop business for our customers. And, it, and again, to your point, if we keep it focused on that, we're going to be fine.
0: You know, I think you would agree with this. Uh, we can focus on what we can control, and that is the uniqueness of our product, what makes our brand unique, and what makes us unique problem solvers, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. And, and you know, again, there's less and less, it, it does worry me that there's less and less, you know, local market influence, but we're, we're, we're in the local market game. And right. um, in West Palm Beach, Um, my, our team is known, you know, we're, we're the, um, sponsor of everything that is part of the city of West Palm beach. Mm -hmm. Um, and so every event that happens, we're either there or supporting on the air. We're doing the same with other communities in our area. We're still a local community. And, you know, I always say what's going to happen when people want something out of their local community, they still go to the radio station.
0: You better believe it. Elizabeth, I want to thank you for joining us on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast.
1: Thank you for hosting. I really appreciate it.
0: I got to tell you, if you know somebody you would like to hear as a guest on the Radio Rally, email me, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. We hope that you have a great week. We like to say at Rainmaker Pathway... And on the Radio Rally, once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. If you have a question about what in the world does he mean by that, you call me. I'd be glad to tell you. Our thanks to Elizabeth for being our very patient and very giving guest. She has been incredible. A special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing The Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. And thank you to justjoeproductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing the podcast. Please do share our podcast, including this episode of the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast with others that you know are interested in growing their careers in audio. Please remember, if you don't remember anything else from today's episode, be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of the radio rally with the encouragers and of course, good night.